And welcome to Precure, a podcast engaged, the podcast where we try and watch the entire Pretty Cure franchise. I am Charlie, your fairy partner, Chipo. And I'm Protector of the Light, Cure Cassidy. And today we have another guest with us. Please introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Name's Sakaki Chrono. Been a Precure fan since January of last year, so yeah. We are happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Before we get into the episode, I have some questions for you. Oh, go ahead. So you said you started watching last January. What was the first series you started with? Oh, let's see here. Uh, I initially, uh, I mean, I I'd kind of like uh, heard a little bit of Preacher before then, but I started... Uh, in early January, I started watching uh, Haguto, Pretty Cure, which was currently airing at that time. Yes. And Potari uh, uh, went Pretty Cure. And what I initially had done, my initial plan was, I'll watch I'll watch Haguto, uh, and I'll watch Potari Wa, and then I'll like keep on watching until I meet in the middle. Okay. But then, uh, I, I watched Haguto, and I got until maybe about episode seven to nine-ish. And then I just wasn't really feeling it. But then, you know, while I was watching Futura, I was like, man, man, this is like the best stuff ever. So I like uh, kind of hard track switch from, I was like, I'll just leave Haguto. Cause I heard, you know, I heard some stuff about the, uh, the All-Stars episodes and the All-Stars movies. It's like, well, I don't, I want to, you know, have full context before going into those kind of things. So I yeah. said, all right, I'm going to pause Haguto, and I'll come back to it after I've watched everything else previous to that. Uh, so that's what I did. I did, I watched Futaro Precure, and I think I got that done. I think I got that and Max Heart done in about the same month, which is January. And then February came along, and then uh, Star Twinkle Precure started airing, and I watched like the first 13 episodes of those as they aired. And I put that one on hold too, mainly because I wanted to just focus on one, doing uh, one season at a time. So I like, so I watched, I think at that time I might have been on like, yes, five, maybe go, go, maybe starting fresh at that time. Yeah. So I watched one season at a time, stopping, you know, usually around episode 10 was the benchmark that I put for the uh, All-Stars movies. So I watched those. As with the seasons, and then I kept going, 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 going. Uh, I just barely, because I once I hit like uh, Kirakira and Haguto, those took me a while longer to complete, just because I was kind of feeling burnt out from watching so much in such a short little time. Yeah, and it took me. It took me about a month. Usually, my track record is like nine, like a week to two weeks for season to watch. Wow. It took me, yeah, I watched extremely fast. Uh, Kira Kira took me about a month to finish, 
Aguto took me about two to three months to finish just because of how slow it was and how it wasn't working for me. But I powered through, and then by that time it was like December, uh, and and I was kind of like, and then I took like another small break, and then like the last week or so of uh, 2019, uh, I decided, all right, I'm going to catch up on Star Twinkle Creature. So I watched about the 40-ish episodes in like the small four days left of the wow. year, and I exactly on December 31st at like 1 p.m. or something. I caught up. I even watched the Raw of like episode 45, even though it wasn't sub. I said, I'm going to watch episode 44 sub, watch episode 45 sub, and have, uh, sorry, episode 44 sub, episode 45 Raw, just have that completed. And then, you know, and then in January, I watched all the seasonal movies and then I caught up. And then I just watched Star Twinkle starting in this year until it ended and now watching Good Weekly. That That's a short recap. So you've seen all seasons. I've seen all the seasons. I've watched all the movies. You have seen more than me. I've only watched a handful. But I also watch things much slower because I watch a bunch of other stuff. Oh, no, that's completely fair. Yeah. I, you know, I always tell people, don't do what I did. I just <laughs> burned it in one year because I could, but... So which would you say is your favorite seasons of Pleasure You Care? Let's see here. I think for me, uh, my top four currently would be uh, Doki Doki Precure is uh, the top for me. Uh, then it would be Mahotsukai Precure, uh, Sweet Precure, and Star Twinkle. Those make up my top four. Nice. And who is your favorite Precure, if you have one? Ooh, let's see. That's a tough one. My my answer usually changes depending on the day or how I feel very, but uh, I'll definitely say that uh, Cure Beat from Sweet is one of my favorites. I just love her. It's a good choice. I think that's it. Unless, Cassie, do you have any questions for our guest? Uh, do you prefer Cure Black or Cure White? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, as much as they are a duo of Cure Black and Cure White, I like Cure Black just because she's got that uh, kind of dumb but fun girl energy. Yes. And, you know, that, that's kind of what I like about her. So I'd, I'd prefer her over Cure White, but, you know, they both have good strong points. I can enjoy both. Has anyone said Cure White is their favorite? No, because they all know the importance of laboratory safety. <laughs> That's fair. One day, one day we'll have a guest whose favorite is Cure White. I don't know who they are. If you're out there and you like Cure White, just hit up our Twitter. But... Let's talk about the episode. Episode 22 of Futariwa. You're kidding? is gonna be a mom. So this is a fun one because it actually has two different... The localization is Puppy Pandemonium. Um, but Wikipedia also has a different direct translation of the title instead oh. of the one that Crunchyroll has given us. Which is, no way, Chutaro becomes a mom. I mean, which I think is more accurate. Yes. I do like Puppy Pandemonium the best of the titles. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes, because we begin this episode with Tutoro, uh, down at the riverbank. Actually, we cut to a scene of grass, and then we see Tutoro is down, running around like a dog. Uh, and he sees, well, he doesn't see, he hears the sound of a dog 
whining and rushes over to see an adorable little puppy. Mm-hmm. Little tiny puppy with a little mm-hmm. tiny box house. Yes. I was wondering, so Chutoro and this dog talk later on in this episode. I was wondering why they just didn't do it now at the start. Before this episode, why didn't they talk? We don't really see Chuchiro much before this, but also, like, I get I get being confused why they didn't do it now. It's just extra confusing when it happens later, because I'm just like, oh, we're doing a Homeward Bound now? That's what we're doing in this episode? Yeah. At first, when I first watched the episode, I'm like, is it just going to be the dogs on an adventure? Up until near the end, where we do get a Zakena. This is our first Zakena in... Since, Since episode 17. 17, yeah, because... The farm episode. Yes. Did we not get... What was eight, episode 18 about? Episode 18 was the one where they went to the Shadow Realm underneath the school. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. I have photos of that. That was an experience. Yes, so this is our first Zakena in, in, like, five episodes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think this is also the first episode since, like, the beginning to not have Nagisa do the recap at the front. That's true. But yes, Chutoro finds a little puppy. Uh, but before he can, like, approach the puppy, Honoka calls for him and he runs off. Mm-hmm. And then we get some yeah. real sad scenes. Yeah, instead of a Nagisa recap, we get a bunch of flashbacks to sad memories with Kiria. As they all stare at the yellow crystal or the wisdom card. Yeah, because of course, last episode, not, yes, last episode, Kyria just gave him their, gave them his prism stone and now he's off in the dark zone, maybe dead, who's to say? Who's to say at this point? Yeah, we don't get any information about what Kyria's fate was. I mean, everyone else prior to this has been returned to darkness. So, mm, it's he's going to be a pretty care. He, he's definitely not going to be a pretty care. <laughs> I mean, that would, that would be interesting if he was. That's true. But it would be interesting if he was. I mean, Futari Wad is coming right out of the bat with we're both going to have a redeemed villain and that and our first male pretty care, like from season one. Mm hmm. That would have been cool, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so we get a very sad scene of them thinking about Kyria essentially sacrificing himself. But then we get Honoka's grandmother, and we see that she set up this bamboo tree. Like, I don't- well, it's not a tree. It looks like it's, like, part of a bamboo tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they call it a bamboo tree in the episode, but I think it's more like a- wow. Yeah, maybe it's like a, a a young bamboo tree, I believe. Probably. Yeah. And Honoka asks if, if it's for the Tanabata Festival, which we learn later in the episode what that's about. Essentially, people tie, like, uh, papers to the bamboo tree for their, and make wishes. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole backstory about it. Mm-hmm. But right now, Tutoro shows up, and he has a cowboy on his head. And they talk about how they don't really know what's going on with Chutoro because he's been restless and he's been eating a lot. I thought at this point in the episode they were going to make a, a joke about uh, baby Chutoro is pregnant, even though they both know that he's a male. Because the episode says Chutoro is going to be a mom, but that's not what happens. I'm, well, I 
Yes. I mean, yeah, the, the episode title is a bit misleading. Chuchiro is male, but I mean, you know. Yeah. Some of these titles are a bit misleading. Like last episode, it says the shocking date. And no one went on a date. Unless you count the fight at the end. A date. I mean, hey, you know, fighting your uh, possible, you know, uh, love interest. That could be a date, uh, depending on how you look at it. I guess. I mean, don't we all want to fight a possible love interest who's also a mortal enemy? Oh, yes, totally. Sign me up. <laughs> Cassidy, your thoughts? I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> you can fight him with love. <laughs> I mean, they tried. And I guess they succeeded because they did convince Kiria. They didn't have to use their big move to kill him. Uh, speaking of Kiria and last episode, they summoned the uh, guardian or the keeper of the stones as we he's referred to this episode. Also known as Wisdom. Yes. Uh, and they give him Kiria's prison stone. So now they have one more to go before mm-hmm. they have- And the entire time they do this, Nagisa and Honoka remain dead silent. Yes. And the guard- the guardian's like, is is something wrong? Like, what's up? And the Meepos are like, they're not ready to talk about it yet. Like, just- you should just go. <laughs> we do get some more information, though, this episode. Because Narsa asks what happens to the stones once they give it to the Keeper. And Meeple says that it's taken to a world between the Field of Light and the Field of Rainbow. So as long as they don't know where the Keeper is, the stones are safe. So there's this weird pocket dimension the keeper goes to, unless some- Do you think the other, uh, card people are also in that pocket dimension, or their own pocket dimensions? Because they're also summoned through cards. I think the others are stored in the cards, but Wisdom, like, specifically stores the hoppish itself oh. in a space between worlds. I would- I would agree with Wisdom. Uh, stores the, uh, the prism stones in a separate dimension, and the- the other cards have their, 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 their other beings that come from the cards just kind of live in the cards. Yeah. So Nagisa sees that uh, Honoka is still upset. It's definitely hit Honoka a lot harder than it hit Nagisa, which makes sense because Honoka was closer to Kiria. And changes the mm-hmm. topic to the bamboo tree that's outside and the festival. So Nagisa says like they only decorate a small one since they have a condo. And that Ryota really hates that. But who should show up but Chutoro asking for more food? And this time, they follow him as he brings the food underneath the building. Apparently, Chutoro must have gone back for the puppy and led the puppy to the house. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like there was sort of an implication at the end of the first scene where, like, Chutaro looks back towards the puppy, and the puppy stares at him, like, maybe there's, like, a insinuation to, like, hey, follow me type thing. Yeah, it definitely seemed like Chutaro definitely wanted to help that pup out some way. Yeah, so, uh, Nagisa says maybe that's Chutaro's son, but Honoka's like, Chutaro's a boy, he can't have puppies, and she's like, well, maybe the mother abandoned the puppy, and now... Chutoro has to take care of him because she goes like underneath the house to like take the puppy out. Mm-hmm. And it's discovered that the puppy has a collar. So he's definitely someone's pet. And we finally learn his name, which is Moko. Yep. Uh, and the 
collar also has an address on it. But when they get... Oh, yeah. there's also um, there's a scene here before that happens where Nagisa ruffles the puppy's head and Chuturo gets really mad about it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I found that, like, really hilarious. It kind of, like, how do I describe it? It kind of brings, like, that kind of idea, like, Chuturo's like, hey, that's, like, my kid. Back off. Yeah, Tutoro is definitely protective of Moko this episode. I also accidentally wrote Tutoro, which is also good. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept referring to Tutoro as Chu in my notes because it took up less space, which is also very good. So they take uh, Moko to the address, but no one's living there anymore, which is very unfortunate. It is. They ask one of the neighbors what is going on, and they're like, oh, those people just moved recently. And they talk to a few other people who don't recognize the dog. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, we can hear what Chutoro is saying, or thinking. This is an episode about dogs being able to talk, but only to each other. It's a homeward bound situation. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it's just... the reason why they would have them kind of speak only then, I think, is just because it's, like, two dogs talking to each other. So I think that kind of makes sense. Because, like, before it wasn't really, like, I, like there weren't really any other animals, I suppose, for two to really talk to. So I think that's kind of why they made that choice. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I just wasn't expecting it when we got at, like, this point in the episode. I was like, huh, two was talking all of a sudden. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, necessarily move his, it's not like he has lips, like, other animals would have, so it's just kind of, I think it's more like, I mean, he's talking, but it's, like, internal thoughts, I guess, kind of. Yeah. It's homeward bound. It is. What we hear for his thoughts is that the apartment smells like Moko, and Moko wonders if it's his owner, uh, Akio? They are then approached by a young boy who seems to know Moko and says that uh, and knows who Akio is. And we discover what happened, like how Moko got lost. Apparently, his cage in the moving truck kind of fell and this allowed him to get out. And he was worried about like where he was going or if he was being taken. I don't get why they didn't have the dog in the car with them. Why they put the dog in the moving truck? Maybe uh, there just wasn't enough space in the front. I mean, there there was like a lot of stuff in there, so who knows? It's also possible that they didn't have a car and they had the stuff moved by moving truck and took public transportation. That's could be that too. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I moved houses, I just uh, carry the cat on foot from the two places. Oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, the cat did not enjoy that, though. <laughs> they So, the Pudicures asked this young boy where Akio might be living now, but the boy doesn't know because he hasn't visited his friend yet. But he says he might be at the planetarium. The girls then turn around and both Chutoro and Moko are just gone because Chutoro has caught the uh, scent of Akio. So, they leave... And Olga seems pretty, like, fine with it. She's like, I'm sure the dogs would be okay. Chuturo's a responsible boy. Yes. So we, oh, yeah. we see the two dogs uh, walking down the streets. And it's a very good scene because uh, they pass by this vendor. 
that's selling like meat and vegetables that are on the those sticks. I forgot the name of this food. Kebab. Yes. And Tuturo, not Tuturo, Moco just kind of makes puppy dogs. Little puppy dog eyes at the guy selling this food. Who's like, yes, I will give you some of this food. But sadly, Chutoro takes Moko and runs off before this man can feed the dog. It's all about those guilty-looking eyes. Yes. I mean, if a dog came up to me just looked at me and wanted my food, I would definitely just give the do- this puppy some food. Mm-hmm. I'd be e- easily convinced. I mean, I do that with my cats all the time. They just look at me and I'm like, fine, have my food. Animals are too good at convincing you to give them food. That they are sometimes. Yes. But Chutoro doesn't want to lose the scent of Akio, so that's why he takes Moko and starts running off. And sadly, some of the water, some water from a nearby gardening or like flower shop gets thrown onto the sidewalk, and that completely makes him lose the scent. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I found that a bit weird, not quite sure how Don's nose would work, but like, couldn't he. <laughs> Go like around the water, and then the scent would be like right there. I don't know. It. I assume they're working off the same logic of if you have someone following your scent, you go through the river, type thing. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. This. I mean, I also thought that because, like, if he went around, if the scent would still be there. But it seems once, maybe once the dog loses the scent, it's hard to pick it back up again. Could be. Yeah. I don't know how dogs. Sense of smell works. How do dogs work? Uh, oh, I don't know. Dogs, dogs are dogs. That's true. We see Nagisa and Honoka also come upon this food vendor. And <laughs> Nagisa pulls the same thing that Moko did, where she just kind of looks at the food vendor and he just gives her some for free. Well, he was going to. I don't think she ended up getting it. No. It looked like when Honoka was dragging her away, she got she had it. Yeah. Uh, maybe. She looked like she had the stick, yeah. I, I really found that parallel kind of funny. It just kind of like, just like, oh, you, Nagisa, always, always being you, so hungry, whenever you're doing something. Yeah. Especially like how uh, Honoka calls Nagisa gluten, the subs that I have. She calls them gluten, and I'm just like, yep, that's Nagisa. Endless stomach. Yeah, I mean, that's a big trait for chills like this. There's always someone who has a bottomless stomach. Uh, but this leads them to be directly in front of the planetarium. Yes. Which is where the kid like to go all the time. There's a good gag where uh, we see them pass by this alleyway and the dogs are on the opposite side of the alleyway, walking by, so they're walking two different directions. So they miss the dogs. Oh, yeah. That they do. But they do come upon the planetarium, and they know this is where Akio might be. Might be. It's a lead. Yes. They enter the building, and they see that th- this place also has a bamboo tree with a bunch of wishes written on it. Mm-hmm. And they start looking through them to see, like, if Akio made a wish. We also get this very nice scene with the dogs, because we see them, like, go by again and then go down the alleyway that they pass by, and Moko gets really upset. It's like, what What if I never find Akio again? Will you be my big brother? Chucho's like, don't worry, we will find your owner. Yeah, that's pretty heartwarming. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that Moko has come to really, like, depend on Chutaro. Moko is, like, a baby. 
And then we get a good scene with Nagisa and Honoka, because Nagisa says uh, when she was in elementary school, she wanted to be a battle ranger. Yes, battle ranger. Oh, yes. And Honoka wanted to be a florist. Kind of makes sense, I suppose, considering their personalities. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest, for like, there was a split second, um, when right after Nagisa said she wanted to be a battle ranger. That I thought she was also just reading one of the cards. <laughs> and that they were going to play that as a joke where Hon- not where Honoko's like, yeah, that sounds like you. And Nagisa's like, I was reading the card. <laughs> that would have been quite funny. It would have been, but no, that's an... Sorry. No, it's okay. You can go ahead. I was going to say, I, well, I suppose, you know, Honoko did technically get her wish come true, although she's a cure and not a valor. Same difference. You're not wrong. She, it's almost what she wanted. It's close. Yeah. So then we, they walk away because Nysa wants to go inside the planetarium. Because mm-hmm. she's like, maybe looking at the stars would give us a clear head. And we cut down and we see that one of the wishes is from Akio. Akio? I said his name wrong. Uh, and that he wishes that Moko will come home. He just wants his dog. He does. And, you know, I, I want to mention that, that I feel like this episode does like a really well job. Does a, a well job of like, it, there's little, like the, 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 the big plot isn't necessarily, like the main plot of the episode isn't like exactly tied to the, the plot itself, but it's still kind of like, is affected by it and so kind of manages to put it in there piece by piece. Yeah. So, you know, I can, I can kind of appreciate that. It definitely seems like Nagisa is putting in a bit of an effort to cheer Honoka up some. For sure. She definitely is doing her best to help cheer her up after what happened. We cut to the dogs briefly to see that they have picked up, well, Chutoro has picked up Nagisa and Honoka's scents. Mm-hmm. So, there's no one in the planet, because you cut back, and there's no one in the planetarium but the two of them, which is very lucky, considering what's- All alone, in the planetarium theater, <laughs> side by side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Light them candles, play romantic music, maybe throw some rose petals in there. Well, I don't know if candles would be safe in the middle of an auditorium. Oh, that's true. Yes, I know. <laughs> we then- Get the story of Chanabanta because Honoka asked Naisa if she remembers the story from when she was in elementary school. And on July 7th, he let's see if I can say these names right. On July 7th, Hiko Boshi, the cowherder star, would make a bridge with some kind of birds at Ano on, on, Onogawa, the Milky Way, so he can meet Orihime. The Weaving Princess. Yeah. And uh, Honoka makes sure to let Nagisa know that the birds were magpies. Yep. I mean, who, if, if Honoka didn't hurt Nagisa, who knows? It could have. She might have spotted a turkey. I mean, now. it's possible. I wouldn't put it past Nagisa. Then we cut back to the dogs, and we see that they are also at the planetarium. And Chutoro is wondering why they're in there. And then he sees the swirling clouds that usually comp- that usually accompany when a Zakena has appeared. And he starts growling, because 
Even being a dog, he knows that something bad's happening. Yep. He's got that dog sense tingled. Yes. So, Nagsai and Horika are still, like, enjoying themselves in the planetarium, when suddenly the doors slam shut, and the ceiling gets dark, and Meeple starts shouting that there's a sinister presence nearby, and so does Mipple. And then the projector turns on, and the ceiling's lit with stars... And despite the warning that something bad's happening, and the music being very tense, they're like, oh, the stars are so beautiful. Let's just look at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it a bit weird, but, you know, it is what it is. Yes. Because one of the constellations, the snake constellation, I don't know if this is serpent or the other one we try to pronounce. I think it is the one that you try to pronounce. Uh, Ophiuscus. Ophiuscus. Ah, I'm, I'm sure your fans will point it out for us. Yes. So the snake, uh, it's turned into a zakena and immediately flies at them. And before they transform, another one, which is Scorpio, the scorpion mm-hmm. constellation and zodiac, also gets turned into a zakena. That does, and now there's two of them. I have a question for you both. Yes. If they could have turned any of the other constellations into giant monsters for pretty cure to fight, which ones would you have liked to have seen? Because hmm. I would have liked to have seen Cancer, the giant enemy crab. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, for me, let's see. Trying to maybe Virgo, which I believe is. The angel one? Virgo is the virgin star. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Sequinox for telling me that fact. Yeah, there you go. Virgo also has like nine, it's made up of like nine stars. Yeah, I'd say Virgo and then like obviously Taurus. Well, bull, that would be, that would be pretty good. I kind of want to go with Capricorn because Capricorn's a goat fish. That would be fun. That's a good one. Yes. Or Pisces, which is just two fish just flopping at them. Look, the fish are dangerous in the Predicure universe. You saw the aquarium episode. That's true. Anything can be dangerous. They can just swim through the air. It's no problem. (laughs) That's true. We did see fish swim through the air, and you're right. Anything can be dangerous in uh, Predicure. We've seen that before. We started with a vacuum cleaner. We did start with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> we can't forget the vacuum cleaner. Never forget that vacuum cleaner with the tiny footprint that never did anything. Uh, so they start fighting these uh, stars come to life. Honoka is fighting the snake and Nagisa gets the scorpion. Uh, as Honoka tries to like kick the, st- the snake at one point, but... It apparently has the ability to just turn back into stars, and she falls through. Well, when we learn what is actually happening here in a second, it it all makes sense. That's true. Uh, she's about to be attacked by this snake, but who shall appear but Tutoro? Tutoro's suddenly at the door and starts uh, barking at the snake, distracting it long enough for Honoka to fight back and defeat it. Let Tutoro fight the snake. Yeah, Tutoro... He's the, he's the, he's the missing member of your team. The list of pretty cures has grown to include 
Cure Black, Cure White, Cure Grandma, Cure Kyria, and Cure Chuturo. <laughs> There you go. Perfect fun. Yeah, I mean... The true battle rangers. <laughs> what more could you want? What more could we want? <laughs> Nagisa throws uh, the scorpion back into the sky ceiling, and... Yeah, I... Go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to... Uh, I was watching the episode, and like... The very weird thing is that uh, I think Kwanaka and Nagisa both at one point are like on the stars, which shouldn't really be possible because they're projections, kind of. Like, you see Nagisa like spin on the constellations. I'm just like, okay then. Oh, they have to be real enough to hurt them, which means they are real enough to be touched. I suppose so. It, it, it's, it's weird, but I suppose it makes sense. I mean, it's mm-hmm. Dark magic, so who's to say how it functions? It's true. Really did like how Nagisa just picked up a scorpion by its tail and just flung it back. Yes, it was very good. So long, gay Bowser. (laughs) Uh, So they're worried that they're gonna have to fight all the constellations, but. It's discovered that the projector itself is a Zakena. <laughs> it's the most evil-looking space projector you've ever seen. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> and it's now the, the part of the episode where we get pretty cure, Marble Screw. God, I can't wait to talk about the consequences of this because... We, the consequences? The, they do the big attack, and then when it cuts afterwards, when they've destroyed it, you can see just the pieces everywhere from where they destroyed the actual space, like, projector. That's true. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have another one. They'll, they'll pay for it. Well, we don't have to worry about that, because uh, after it, like, wanes Gomena down upon them, the Meeples are still, like, there's still an awful presence nearby. And we see Ikubo, but we also see that when he appears, everything goes back to normal before the fight. Uh, I thought it was after he left that it went back to normal. I think it was... Hold on a sec, I'm looking at the episode right now. I just <laughs> I just cut back. Oh, you're right, you're right. It is after he leaves. Okay. I cut to the scene where he's, like, going backwards through the door. <laughs> I was saying while we were watching this episode initially, I was like, oh, the fight is that short, huh? Yeah. Because uh, I'm I'm currently watching, uh, currently airing season from a good precure. And the latest episode had like a really short fight. I was about to be like, oh, so I guess it kind of like was always a thing. But then they, then uh, as I call him, Bald Piccolo came in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, that's oh, funny. that's right. That's great. I also refer to him as Bald Piccolo, so I'm glad someone else is on the same page as me. Well, because we didn't learn his name for, like, a while, so I was like, I have to refer to him as something. Yeah. Uh, but he's here for what everyone's always here for. He wants those prism stones. He wants them so bad. He's gotta collect all seven Chaos Emeralds. And this is where I think the Pedicures make a mistake, because he starts, like, attacking them, and they- realize that they can't, like, fight him because he's too strong. Uh, so they're, like, trying to, like, inch their way across the wall away from him. And they say that the Prism Stones are in a place he can never get to. 
that the stonekeeper is guarding them. And it seems Ikubo knows who this is. He's like, oh, you mean wisdom. And I think it was a mistake for them to say that. Yes. This is... This is spooky. I am excited to see what it means to know that the bad guy knows Wisdom's name. Yes. I think this is the point of the series where I stopped watching when I was watching Futariwa. Like, I know stuff that's going to be happening in the next couple episodes. Well, the good news is that it ends in the next four episodes. (laughs) That's true. It's over soon. Yeah, episode 26, saying goodbye is never easy. Man, what are we going to do? Cassidy, I guess talk about Matt, Max Hart. Uh, yeah, you know, that and Benjamin Tennyson. That's true. Uh, did you hear us? Uh, catch me up. Uh, I was saying how they say that the Prism Stones are in a location where Ikubo can't get to them, and it's revealed that Ikubo knows who Wisdom is. Oh yeah, that that was, uh, quite, quite a twist. Yeah. I wonder if... When they attacked the Field of Light originally, if they already had ideas about what was there. That's right. It could be very well that they did have ideas. I'm just 100% sure. Yes. I do think that even if Ikubo knows who Wisdom is, he still can't get to where Wisdom has hidden the stone. So he's probably going to do something. He did say he needed to make preparations first. Yes. Yeah. So he floats very... Ominously, back through a doorway into darkness. Did, did somebody mention the door to darkness? <laughs> uh, so, that's the end of the fight. Uh, Trutoro and Moko are at the door now. Oh, actually, uh, one second before you mention that. I want to bring up, uh, during the episode, that Trutoro sees some fight, and uh, Trutoro says that he knew that Hawk and Agasa were up, had been up to something, but he didn't expect them to be pretty cool. I thought that was just a nice little thing. Yes, mm-hmm. it is pretty good. Now the dog knows that they're pretty curious. Though I don't know if Chutoro knows what that means. I think he does, because of the grandmother. <laughs> That's true. Grandma has some secrets on her side. That's true. Maybe Chutoro's like, oh, now it's Honoka's turn to fight evil. So, Chutoro also has the wish from Akio. Does this mean that Chutoro can read kanji? Yes, this dog is very intelligent. It is an intelligent dog. I just can teach a a dog new tricks after all. Or at the very least can recognize a little tiny photograph of Moko. That's probably it. Yeah, that's probably what happened more than he can just read. Because there are pictures on the back of the, uh, wish. That there was. And an address, that which allows them to bring Moko back to his owner. It's very... Very nice. Yes. Akio invites them to visit again with Chutoro, and the dogs also say goodbye to one another. We then see them back on the riverbank, praising Chutoro for doing so well. And they walk home, despite being worried about what Ikubo might be up to. And then we end this episode on a very sad scene. We see Honoka is just like outside on her porch with like her head against her knees. And we get a scene of Kiria walking into darkness and Honoka like being really upset. And we hear Nagisa uh, narrate that 
Honoka cried until she couldn't cry anymore. Yeah, I, I found that like a really nice ending touch to the episode. Uh, let's see here. I kind of like that they like they do bring up, you know, the fact the Dark Zone plot, you know, still they bring it up. And, you know, I really like that, like, throughout the episode. Like, there was only one time where they showed a flashback that had, you know, the characters actually speaking. The rest of the time it was just, like, flashbacks with no sound. And I felt like that worked really well. It kind of carried, like, a good... Uh, Emotional weight. Yeah. It was pretty good. I. It's just, man, it was a sad note to end the episode on. Yeah, it's a real bummer. It is. I guess, actually, I think one... Well, it's not, I guess it's not entirely a fun fact, but I believe this exact scene does actually show up in, in the opening. If you watch it again, you'll see... The, uh, there's a part in it where Honoka is like on on her porch crying. I think Chuchiro's next to her. I think. Oh. So, yeah. Huh. I'll have to look for that next time when I watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the preview for the next episode, and they're going back to a forest because it's training camps for both of their respective uh, clubs. Yeah. How? What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> They always seem to end up in the same place when they go out somewhere. Hmm. We also, Ikubo is also going to return next episode. It's probably not going to go well. But do you think we'll see the bears again? Oh, I hope so. I mean, the episode title is Danger, the Nightmare of the Summer Training Camps. God, I know this is not going to happen. But just imagine the fight of Ikubo and the bear, the mother bear just shows up and like knocks. Oh, boy, that would. That would really be something. I miss those bears. <laughs> but that's the episode. That is it. Thank you for joining us to talk about episode 22. Oh, yeah, no problem. It was my pleasure. And I hope you had a good time with us. Yeah. Now is the time for plugs. Please tell us where people can find you if you would like to be found. Oh, I was hoping you would mention that, but I didn't want to bring it up before in case. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I am mostly on Twitter. I haven't read it, but that's not important. I have a Twitter, uh, uh, at underscore chrono. Could spell it out if you want, I suppose. I'm, but yeah, uh, I have a Twitter. That's where I'm active a lot of the time. I do like your display name. Hmm? I do like your display name. You can't spell pretty here without tax evasion. Oh, yes. Uh... As I was, uh, I'll, I'll explain it real quick. As I was watching uh, the Preacher seasons, I came to a realization that, uh, that like, you know, uh, certain seasons they have, like, places where they stay, except that they're not really, like, you know, uh, built-in, like, houses, like, on the government land or whatever. And, you know, they're, ho- they're ho- hosting, uh, they're keeping aliens from the government some certain seasons. Yeah. So that's where I came up with the idea of the name that you can't spell preacher without committing tax evasion because it's committing tax evasion by doing so. Yeah, you're not wrong. These pretty cares are criminals, but it's fine. It's fine. The law can't get them. If you want to uh, talk to us about coming on the show or your own thoughts about this uh, team of five. The Pretty Cares Grandma, the dog, and Kiria. You can find us at Prepod Engage 
And if you just want to talk to me, Charlie, you can find me on Twitter at magical underscore fried. Oh no! You can find me, Cassidy, on Twitter at madlobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T, and you can tell me what you think the Pretty Cure Megazord would look like. (laughs) I would also like to know, uh, at me as well. Uh, You can also find another show that I do, Kids and Their Dog. It's a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast that I do with my good friend Lava, where every month we watch and talk about a Scooby-Doo movie. And we are coming up on our two-year anniversary, and we are past the halfway point. We have seen just over half of all of the Scooby-Doo movies that have been released. Oh, very nice. That's wild. I think that's it for the episode. So, until next time, we need your help, Meepo! 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 I spent a good chunk of my afternoon today just singing along to an 80s, a random 80s playlist on Spotify. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, it's, I was going to say, it's it's not surprising. It's a little scary, though, how I know the words to pretty much any song that played. Oh, Spotify has your number, Cassidy. I just, I know most of the popular 80s songs. (laughs) That's not a bad thing.